Welcome to the Maritime Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Wioli. In each episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with maritime professionals, industry experts, and students. Our guests come from different backgrounds, including shipping, yachting, offshore, and more. Our goal is to give you all the knowledge you need to succeed in the maritime industry. Welcome everyone, welcome back to a new podcast episode. So today we have with Teano Karatanasi. I hope I pronounced in a good way your name. Uh, so she's yeah, a shipbroker. Perfect. She's a shipbroker based in Dubai. This episode is a source of inspiration for people who want to work in the shipbroking industry, but also for women and for those who want to relocate in a new country. Hello Teano, it's a pleasure to having you here in this uh, episode. Can you introduce yourself and talk about your background, please? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me in the first place. Uh, so I'm 29 years old. I am from Greece and I relocated to Dubai one year back, almost one year back, uh, with the goal to become a shipbroker. Before I was working in the shipping industry, but I was not a shipbroker. So the main goal, I, I moved here because I had a, a job opportunity to become a shipbroker. So that was my dream job. So when I when I received on the LinkedIn, you know, the the message, I was... Of course I will go. I took only three days to decide and then I was, I'm coming. So this is my, my short story, how I came to Dubai. And yeah, except of this, I love to dance. Dance is my passion. So yeah, after work, I either go to the dance class or to an event with dancing or these things. Oh, very interesting. So you start uh, shipwalking like uh, in Dubai or you had a previous experience? Uh, in Dubai, so I am a shipbroker one year now. Before I was into shipping, two more years. So in totally three years, I work into shipping industry. But before, uh, I was in a Greek company, Greek ownership company, and I was assistant in the chartering team. Team of the, you know, they are also brokers, but internal brokers for the owner. Okay. So I was assistant in the in the department. Okay. So uh, so. So you said, why, why did you choose to, to work as a shipbroker? Because you have, uh, you finish your master, then you decide to work as shipbroker, but you could choose another kind of job, maybe vessel operations, uh, uh, management, marketing, I don't know. Yes, true, true. Uh, yes, this is true because also the, the master that I did was international shipping finance and management. So uh, it, it was, it, it, it covered all these sectors. So you're right, I could choose any of these. But, uh, you know, I, I had the, the shipbroker role as my dream, dream job because it combined two things. One is the analytical thinking. So you have to be good with numbers. You have to run, you know, the analysis to know what are the freight rate, what is the market. So anything that has to do with numbers, I, I love numbers. So first thing was that. Then the second thing was... Uh, I am intuitively, you know, um, social as a person. So I like to meet new people. I like to speak with people. I have communication skills. So the combination of the two, the analytical thinking and the communication skills uh, made, you know, a combination. And then I said, okay, this is my dream job. I want to do this in my life. Mm, very beautiful. So it's yeah. nice. Uh, I just want to point out the fact that during this episode, we're going to talk about, of course, shipwalking. So you're going to 
make a very short introduction of shipwalking, what it is for people who don't know. Then we are going to talk more about Dubai, uh, on the, the opportunities we have in the maritime industry in Dubai. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your studies, your master. Um, we're going to talk as well about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, because you you not you you told me uh, I remember that's that's a very important and powerful mm -hmm. tool, and uh, then you can talk about your experience, uh, the anecdotes you have uh, in this industry. So let's start with shipbroking. So can you say talk a little bit about what are you doing as a shipbroker, mm -hmm. uh, especially your role? Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, to answer this question, let's go one step behind and let's let's answer what is a shipbroker. So the ship broker is the intermediary between the ship owners and the charterers. So the main goal of a ship broker is to develop relationships. It's a relationship-based uh, role. Uh, then you have to build expertise because there are different uh, different ship brokers. You can be a ship and sail ship broker, chartering ship broker, scraping ship broker. So you, in, in, depending on your expertise, you have to be knowledgeable. And then there are different markets, tanker, dry, containers, many markets. So in my specific role, I work for Queen Cannon Associates. So we specialize in the chemical market, which mm. is highly technical, highly technical uh, cargoes. There are a lot of specifications. You have to understand the cargo on itself, uh, the last cargo of the vessel, if there is any purging requirement, uh, the heating, the temperature, all these things, you have to have the knowledge to advise your your clients. Uh, then we can say a bit what I'm doing day to day or what a ship broker is doing day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 the first thing is you have to follow the market. You have to understand what are the available cargoes out there. What is the suitable tonnage? What are the vessels that can accommodate these cargoes? And then you have to understand what are the market levels. Uh, these things you can find from the last dance. The last dance is the most recent fixtures. So for a specific routing, for example, uh, uh, let's say AG to Far East, there are some recent fixtures. So you have to understand that this, this trade, uh, the fair, the fair rate to charge is this one. Or this can be changed because there are some fundamentals in demand and supply that we expect the rates to be higher or lower from the last done. Okay. So all these things, you have to follow the market. You have to have position list, an updated position list. You have to have a cargoes list, a fixtures list. All these lists help you to match the supply and the demand. Okay. Uh, then because you speak with the parties, you speak with your clients on a daily or in a weekly basis, you gather valuable information. So then uh, a good thing is to uh, write a market commentary. So every week and every month, uh, you make some comments on the market that we expect the market um, to be more soft or uh, firm. And these are the recent fixtures and these are the supply and demand factors. So it's 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 good thing for your clients to understand a bit what is the pulse of the market. Okay. Okay, very interesting. So these are the basic, the basic, uh, and of course, you know, the, the fixing cycle, you have to, to be able to support in all the stages of the fixing cycle. So in the beginning, there is an offer, then the, 
the, the two parties have to negotiate the main terms. So then we have a subs recap. Then if everything is agreed, the details as well, then we have the fully fixed recap. So you have mm. to support the negotiation. And after is the post fixture. So you have to be able to support before, during the negotiation and after the, the fixture. Okay, very interesting. So it's like uh, you have the cargo owner who wants to uh, ship the shipment to another place in yes. the world. So you need to find, of course, the, the ship available. So yeah. uh, about this process of finding the ship, I imagine you have a, already a big database of ships. Exactly. Uh, but sometimes you need to, I imagine, to make call, call. Calls, to... exactly, exactly. Oh. Because, you know, sometimes some owners, they don't have position lists. They don't send. They mm. prefer to have private communication. So it depends on the client, depends on the people you are referring to, uh, usually it's a combination. Usually okay. you, you have some database, then you have to update, then you have to make calls. You know, it's not an automated process. There is not one thing. You have to adjust depending on the client. Okay. Okay. So I imagine if you work for a very big uh, shipwalking houses, um, it would be easier to find the shipment, but maybe as young people, you will, it will be more comfortable because you don't need to make many cold call. But if you work for like a early stage mm -hmm. uh, ship broken house, maybe it will be more challenging because you will have to, to build uh, the relationship. relationship. Exactly, oh. exactly. So yeah, there are some advices of how to become a big, like a, a better broker, a good broker. So maybe we can discuss yeah. Some things, how, how to become a good broker. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, since, since I'm new in this role, only one year, I can echo the advices that my manager gives to me, how to be better. So one advice is, you know, to ask a question. Mm. Like, there is no silly question. The only silly question is to not ask. So especially when you're new in a, in a market, uh, you have to ask, you know, your team because you have also to be, you know, able to work in a team. It's not uh, like if you work in a company, you have to be able, you know, to support with each other. Yeah. So first thing is to ask. Then you have to put yourself out there to overcome your fear because in the beginning you may be afraid of doing the phone calls or, uh, you know, to... You, you might want to learn everything and then do the phone call. But this is not always the case. You, you cannot research anything. Mm. Of course, it is good to have some, you know, some notes before doing a phone call. But then you have to just take the phone and then speak. Yeah. Uh, and you can get the information from the clients because some information, no matter how much you research, you may not find the information. For example, if the owners do not have a position list, if you don't call, you may you may never know which vessels are available. Mm. So there is there is there, there should be a balance of how much you research before doing the phone call. Okay, okay, very very interesting. And about uh, to come back a little bit about specialization, mm. I know that in shipbroking we have SNP, so sales on mm. purchase of vessel on chartering. Mm -hmm. uh, do we need, when you st we start in the industry, is it easier to start with chartering or even to find position in this field or not at all? It depends. Uh, see, I will tell you what was my journey, which is something that usually helps, I think, to become a seabroker. So I started yeah. as an assistant in a 
uh, chartering department. Okay. Which is, these people are internal brokers from the, uh, uh, from the point of the owner. So I was checking recaps. I was uh, analyzing the voyages. I was mm. supporting the commercial team. So all this information I received helped me understand uh, the whole fi- fi- uh, fixing cycle or what are the market dynamics. All these things gave me the basic knowledge. Then another step is to do some operations. So uh, in I think in most of the companies, you will start with doing operations for some months, two, three months, six months, uh, depends on the company. So even now, even now I'm doing some operations because the chemical market is a bit uh, new for me. So I have to understand the cargos. I have to understand the trading routes mm. or the specifications. So the best way is to do the operations. Then after you do some time operations, you're you're more knowledgeable and then you can become a broker, you know, more easily. Because if okay. you start from zero as a ship broker, you have gaps. You have mm. gaps. You, you don't know uh, a lot of things about the market. You don't know a lot of things about the cargoes. So I think the best way is to do some operations as a start. Okay. So operation, this yeah. is uh, like following the ship, ship planning, all this stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, you mean that as a senior ship broker, for example, we don't touch in operations because we know we just yeah, focus yeah, exactly. on the fixing side. Yes, yes. Mm. If you're a senior ship broker, you don't have to do the. It depends on the company. Some companies you have to do the operations also of your own fixtures. In other companies, there are different people doing the operations, different people doing the the fixing, the chartering. So it depends. Depends on the you know the company policy or uh, the team. If there is a big team, then there are specific roles. If there is a small team, then you may have to do both operations and chartering. It depends. Okay. okay. So that's interesting, but um, it means that because operation, it's a full job. It's a full time job. Exactly. Made, it's a full time job. Yeah. Yeah. I made many Not interviews with uh, vessel yes. operator and it was, they, they explained to me, wow, you have so many things to do, but yeah. as a few broker, it's, to learn this, it's challenging. Yes. yes, and and it's not only a full-time job. Uh, doing operations goes beyond the working hours. You have to check mm. your emails all the time, even if it is weekend, even if it is uh, holidays, because the ship never stops to move. Yeah. So if it is Sunday and the, ships, the, the ship has arrived and some documents are needed, you have to be there, you have to support. Mm. So it's a lifestyle in general. Working in the shipping industry is a lifestyle. Like you have to like it or you cannot easily do it. Okay. Because there are long hours, there are meetings with clients, there are travels. But at the same time, these things make this this job interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, That's very interesting. But what about your first day? Because I imagine you were maybe lost or, or it goes... Yeah, you mean that my very first day? Yes, first week, first month. Or in broker, in brokers. Yeah, as a ship broker, yeah. Ship broker. So yeah, the first day, as you said, you are a bit lost because you need some time to understand, uh, you know, to, to move from the theory because from a master or from a professional certificate, you have the theoretical knowledge. Then you have to take some time to adjust the theory into practice. Mm. So in the beginning... You learn different things, but you cannot make a puzzle. So you need some time, some weeks, some months to allocate all the pieces 
in the correct place and then to have the full picture and to understand exactly what are your what is your role what are the daily uh, tasks uh, what is the added value you have to give to the clients all this comes with experience of course you don't know from the first day mm. like you need some time some months okay wow very interesting and um so i, I in, in terms of shipbroking i could ask you many questions like i have I have so many questions in mind about regarding the job. So for, for you, you are specialized in chartering and you mm -hmm. say, uh, uh, so before you start with liquid cargo, uh, so, so tankering, uh, is it different? I mean, you have dry bulk all this industry. Or what is the difference? I mean, in terms as a ship broker, in terms of market, uh, challenge, uh, etc. Yeah, see, I'm not sure I can uh, reply to this question because I have my, my, all my experiences in tanker chartering. Yeah. So. I have some friends who are doing dry. It's I think it's a completely different market. The market dynamics are different. Like the seasonality factors, uh, the demand and supply factors. It's, it's a whole different world. You know, in shipping, yeah. there are so yeah. many different segments. So every, you know, every market has its own characteristics. This is why I think you never get bored in, in shipping. Because, mm. you know, you have to, learn you have to follow the market read the news you know every day you can learn something new this is yeah, like really true. interesting for me that's true and uh, what advice can you give to someone who want to start uh, to work as shoe broker okay so um of course some studies in shipping are useful you, you you need to have some basic understanding so either you can do a bachelor degree or a master degree I did a master's degree in shipping. My first degree was finance. Then I decided I want to uh, change career. Uh, then there are, uh, you know, professional certifications like the Institute of Chartered Seabrokers, ICS. Yeah, it's yeah. very famous. Um, so you can start with some theoretical uh, knowledge. Uh, then, of course, you have to create a network. Uh, so one way is to become volunteer in shipping organizations. Mm. There is Young Ship, there is Wista. Uh, Wista is uh, specifically for women in shipping. Young okay. Ship is for young people in shipping. And there are other organizations, local and multinational. Yeah, I've uh, heard about Young one, Ship. Yeah. One way is, uh, you know, to, to start going to events. There are so many shipping events, uh, like everywhere and every month there is something happening. So... If you are a student still in the university, you can go to these events, you can participate, you can uh, speak with the people coming in the event. And, you know, little by little, um, you can make some net network. Then also the LinkedIn, as you referred before, is very powerful as a tool. So I found my last two jobs in shipping through the LinkedIn. Mm. So you have, you have to have a good profile. You have to update your profile in terms of your working experience, your volunteering or anything you have done. You can even add some, uh, you know, dissertation. If you are still a student and you don't have any other experience, you have to build on what you have. And then you have to uh, create the network. Like you have to send invitation to people in shipping. Mm. And then once you have a good network, you can ask help. You can, uh, you can say that I'm looking a job into shipping, whoever might help this, I would really appreciate this. And this is what I did. And then people that I, that I didn't know before, 
eventually they became my mentors. Now we are even friends. So it is really huh. nice to, to, to understand that people out there are willing to help you. And then there are, okay. you know, job, job roles open in the LinkedIn. You can uh, apply some filters. And based on the filters, the LinkedIn gives you some open positions. So then you can apply. Like, it's, it's, it's very easy, I think. It's a very easy tool. You just have okay. to spend some time weekly, like uh, half an hour weekly to be active on the LinkedIn. You know, to post some things, to react in other posts or repost or make connections. You, you have to, you know, build, build this tool. Okay, that's very interesting what you say. So it's uh, so talking about LinkedIn, uh, it's all you did with your profile because your profile is very, I mean, very. You have a very good profile, we can say, uh, with many connections. And uh, oh, you may you start very in, in the early stage, like when you start mm -hmm. study or later. Uh, see, I will tell you something. Uh, when I did the masters in shipping in Greece, uh, you know, in Greece, one of the main industries in, is shipping. And yeah, uh, yeah. Greek owners, like the total tonnage uh, of Greek ship owners, is the second, the second globally. So, which means that uh, the main source of income for Greece comes from shipping. But there is a there is a contradiction here because from the one side we have so many shipping companies. From the other side, if you don't have any experience in shipping and you just start, you apply for the positions and then. Most of the times, the companies don't give you a good salary or they pay you very less money or they, mm. they may say to you, we will not pay you for the first six months. So because that was the case with me as well, uh, I said, okay, for myself, I don't accept to work without getting paid because okay. I had working experience before and I had a good profile. So I said to myself, let's build a good LinkedIn Uh, let's make a connection. Let's ask for help. And people that I met during this, this journey, they gave me motivation to search a paid job, to search a mm. good job. And then they supported me. They gave me advice. Uh, they helped me in which companies I should send my, my CV. So my first job in shipping in Greece was a paid job. Whereas I had my co students from the university who started without without salary so you know i think using linkedin you can evaluate your first experience to start from a good level not without payment at all this is you know uh, it's i cannot it's, believe this thing i mean it's, it should yeah. not be the case N nowhere <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's add value to your profile and you can sell yeah. yourself in a better way. That That's true, actually. Yeah. I have so many people, uh, I can be my classmate or even uh, young people, they don't have a, they don't use LinkedIn. But I mean, no. it's, it's not a mistake, but I mean, it's something you need to, to consider for sure. Yeah, because exactly. without LinkedIn, how can you build a network? I am doing, every, for me, LinkedIn, it's the most important tool I have right now as a student. So <clears throat> that's what you say. It's very powerful. So that's a very important point. Uh, and now I want to switch to another topic, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, a little bit. Can you talk about your studies quickly? Uh, you did, you said Master of Shipping. Master What is the finance? Uh, yeah, the whole name of the program is International Shipping Finance and Management. So it was a master in shipping, but we had a lot of different uh, modules and the whole program was in English. Uh, so we, 
we had a general fundamental understanding of the shipping industry and of the different career paths that we can follow. And the good thing about this program is that, uh, except of the modules, the assignments, uh, you know, you have to be part of a team, so you familiarize yourself how to work with other people as well. Another good thing is that we had a lot of visits to companies and to institutions. So for us, it was a great way to see how a company is actually working. And we could speak with managers, we could speak with other teachers from other institutions. So that was really like a value-added thing of the master. Okay, okay. So very good to know. And uh, for you, can we start Shipbroker even if we don't have like a master or even a bachelor in shipping? It can be international business or all this kind of topic. Yes, I think we, I think someone can do that even without studies uh, because mm. the, you can learn the job by doing. But of course, uh, having a theoretical background always is a plus. Is a plus yeah. because uh, when you start, at least you know the basics. As, at least you you hear names and you understand what what these names means you hear cargos you hear uh different uh, you know uh, demand and supply factors and you have an, an understanding otherwise it's a bit of you know chinese i mean yeah. if you don't have any background yeah. it may take you longer time to be able to do the job yeah Okay, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Okay, very interesting. Uh, so now we have two topics to discuss, uh, more about anecdotes on Dubai. So let's start with maybe Dubai. Uh, so so you want to add something maybe? Uh, I, w- I would like to, to say an anecdote, not in Dubai, but in Greece. Because uh, in Dubai, I mean, I don't have something really interesting as a story to say. I mean, okay. everything is interesting in my job, but not as a funny story or something like that. Uh, so if you if you don't mind, I can share something for Greece. For sure, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so this is linked also to uh, to chase your dreams, even if you are human in shipping, because you know sometimes uh, this this industry is a bit uh, how can I say it's a bit more traditional, and sometimes the percentage of people working are higher to the men and less. Mm to the women. Uh, So some years back, while I was doing the masters in shipping, I started doing some courses, extra courses in other institutions to become a broker, ship broker. Uh, So one day, because because since then I had the goal, I had my dream job was to become a ship broker. So I did everything that I could, like I was attending events, going to, to do extra courses, everything that you can imagine to get the knowledge. So I was doing some courses. Uh, there is an institution similar to the ICS, but it's only in Greece, it's local one. So then I did the courses and uh, during the break, I went to a teacher and I asked, I asked the teacher, uh, what, what can I do to become a shipbroker? What advice can you give me? And then the teacher was telling me, no, you cannot become a shipbroker. And I was asking again, but why? Why I cannot become a shipbroker? And he was, no, you cannot become a ship broker. He was really insisting on that. And then I insisted back, like, tell me, please, the reason why I cannot become a ship broker. And then in the end, he said, because you're a woman. And, you know, this can be, for some people, this can be really demotivating. 
Because if you are young, if you are uh, still a student in the university and you don't have experience, you may hear this and then convince yourself that you cannot do it. But on the contrary, uh, what happened, the story continues a bit, because in this same course, uh, we had the luck and the privilege uh, to have a uh, student, but he was actually very knowledgeable. He was, uh, he was a previous ship owner from a very famous family of ship owners in Greece. So he was uh, in retirement, but he liked to come to the lessons and to hear about the industry, to give his knowledge. So till that point, I didn't know that this person was a ship owner, a former ship owner. And there was a shipping event, a Christmas shipping event. So in this event, we started talking with this person, you know, because he was older than us. We were you know, 20 something, and he was 50 plus, 60 plus. So we started talking with him. He gave us uh, his stories because he was sailing also. So he had so many stories to share. And then next day, he invited us to go with him in another ship, ship owner uh, that they were friends. So uh, he said, if you have free time, come with me. I want you to see how it is to do some phone calls, you know, to... What are the conversations between ship owners, between other parties and the ship owners? So I was really interested. I was, of course, I want to go there and see what, what is this thing. Uh, so I went there and I was only 26, I think. And I had no previous experience of going uh, in a ship company on my own with ship owners. So there were uh, two older people than me, very older, like 50, 60 plus, knowledgeable people, uh, ship owners, and then it was me, and I was hearing the conversation. It was, I cannot explain to you how 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 amazing that was as as an experience. So then I shared with this with this person that I had a, a, a negative feedback from the teacher that I cannot become a ship broker, and then the the this this person he told me no, don't listen to this uh, to this uh, teacher. I think that you have a goal, you have a dream, and I believe that you can do the dream. You can actually become a sea broker. So don't uh, put a limitation on yourself because someone told you you cannot do it because you're a woman. You can do it. Have your dream. Have your action plan. Know your why, why you want to become a sea broker. And then you have the motivation and you can achieve your goal. Go and, and, and do what you want to do. Don't listen to any voices, external voices. And you became a shibroker. And I became a shibroker. <laughs> and like, it's the biggest satisfaction that I can get that I followed my dream and I did not, uh, you know, stopped uh, believing in myself because someone else told me I cannot do it. That's very powerful what you say, because that's so true. I mean, if you have in your life someone who say you cannot do this job because any reasons hmm. don't listen just go go for you it just go just go sure. just know your why why you want to become a sea broker or uh, operator or uh, whatever job yeah or lawyer or i don't know but yeah that's very important on very to know powerful. why 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 you want you like the lifestyle you like the good uh, salary you like uh, being informed about the industry what is your personal reason that you want yeah. to become a sea broker yeah. for me um, i told you it was the combination because I felt like I can be happy with this job role because it is, you know, I have the skills intuitively. 
to communicate or I have the analytical mindset. So I said, okay, if I combine this, then I can be happy because I will go to work and do something that I am good at it. I I, I like doing, I like analyzing, I like speaking to people. So I said to myself, this can be a very good uh, job for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you you told you told me this anecdote, and I was uh, I was very surprised. So mm-hmm. now you, I know, I know what uh, this, you spoil. I, I I know everything, but that's that's very powerful. <laughs> and the people who listen to this podcast will be very. I mean, you will give them motivation for them mm-hmm. for people who identify to this situation, and especially women, actually. So thank you for that. And uh, now we can maybe talk uh, <laughs> about Dubai. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for yes. sure. We can I talk mean, about Dubai. I mean, you know, uh, shipping industry is worldwide industry. Mm. Many students who study in university in a country, they know that they have big chance to move to another country, maybe because yes, you have yes. opportunities in every country. Everywhere. So imagine you, you study in, I don't know, in the UK. Maybe you will have a job in Singapore, maybe in Hong Kong. What can you say about your experience to move? So you are Greek. So I know for Greek people, it's very common to move yes, because yes. you are more people outside Greece than almost than in Greece. But I mean, yeah, can you... <laughs> yeah, we are uh, 11 million people in Greece and another 5 million everywhere in the world. Yeah, like... that's pure. My class is pure of Greek people. So it's very funny, actually. But uh, that, that's that's it shows that in the industry, you need to mm-hmm. travel. Can you, what can you say about this expense move uh, for your career? Is it a good choice to move for it or you need to say in your home country? Can you elaborate on it? Yeah, please? of course. Uh, so in general, before speaking about Dubai specifically, I can say to you that relocating to another country is a life-changing experience. Because first of all, you put yourself in a situation that you have to survive on your own, in a new place with new people, with new job, everything new new climate, a new atmosphere, new scenery, everything is new. So only this fact makes you becoming more mature, more mature. And mm. then, and then it's, it's like uh, your mind is becoming wider because you meet people from other countries. You have to, uh, you know, you make friends from everywhere. Here, my friends are from, from Russia, from India, from Cyprus, Greece, uh, Lebanon, Syria, Turkey, China from everywhere. So, mm. so having to, to communicate and then uh, having to, you know, do things with all these different nationalities, eva- eva- evaluate your, 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 your level, your understanding of the world. So you become like, I don't know, for me, I, I became more, how can I say more mature? I would put it like that. That's more true. mature. Yeah. Then Dubai specifically is a very nice place for, for, for shipping. It's a hub, as you said, it's a hub because uh, there are many reasons why in the past few years, Dubai has be- has became a hub for shipping. So first of all, how how all started with the pandemic, uh, it was one of the few places that was still open. There were mm. some lockdowns, but it was not as bad as Europe, was not as yeah. bad as, as, as China or uh, other places in the world. So... So Dubai took advantage of this, of this uh, fact. Mm-mm. Then there were a lot of investments happening because it is near to Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia is, is uh, was always booming econ- economy. So uh, partly because of that, there are investments here also in Dubai. Then the political situation is stable. So 
it's another reason why the economy can can bloom here. Mm. Uh, then in terms of trading, there are many companies that relocated here or opened off new offices here. For example, my company, that the one that I'm currently working, Queen Cannon Associates, uh, they started uh, the office here in Dubai six years back. So most of the companies, even before pandemic, they relocated here or they opened new offices here. Mm. Uh, because the place, you know, was... Uh, was uh, blooming in general. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's and 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 something interesting uh, that I can add here is there was a research last year showing that Dubai is the second best place for expatriates. So this is also very interesting because you know, as as a foreigner, you come here and you have so many uh, things that uh, that can make you stay here. Yeah, that's true. On about. You, have, you know that uh, Dubai, we have so many cliches about the city, mm. like uh, it's boring, it's artificial, mm. we don't have mm. nature, it's too hot, uh, people are superficial, you cannot build family, family you cannot make good friends, uh, it's only for money, all this stuff. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but see, I think in every place in the world there are good things and bad things. So for me specifically, I would say I miss a bit the nature of Europe. Mm. There, are, there is a not, lot... There is not a lot of nature here. Uh, yeah, the weather can be challenging in the summer, but we have a very nice winter with no rain, no uh, cold. So the winter time is perfect here. Okay. And then you have a lot of things that happen very easily. For example, you can order anything you want for the house, any food or uh, supplies. And in 15 minutes, you have everything delivered to your home, like mm. online. Or you order a taxi, you can find a taxi very easily. You can go to the hospitals without paying very easily. You can just make a call and then there is an appointment. So some things are happening faster and, you know, more more easy than in Europe. It's a super modern place. You know, the scenery is... Uh, in the beginning, I, I came here and I thought it was uh, like fake. I mean, I could not <laughs> believe that these skyscrapers can be so high, like 40 yeah. levels. I could not understand how how they make these huge mm. buildings. So in its own way, it is beautiful. Of course, you know, there are difficulties like everywhere. It's not a perfect place, but uh, for shipping, I think is, is, is a very good place to be or at That's... least stay some years and, you know, have an experience of some years in Dubai. That's true. Very, very powerful. I mean, yeah, uh, and even... Uh... You have many things to do in Dubai. You have almost everything you can. I mean, for hobbies, uh, I'm sure you can dance. You can find a dancing yes, yes, club. Yes, yes, yes. I started for... dancing recently, and I'm so happy because I told you it's my passion. So yeah. when I dance, I'm happy. When I don't right. dance, I can survive, but I'm not totally happy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. So you you can find your your yeah, hobbies. Yeah, you can find your own way. You can. There mm. are different uh, lifestyles for everyone. There are places that are not that expensive. There are other places that are more expensive. There are different activities. So it doesn't matter how, how, how you want to spend your life here. There are choices for everyone. This is what That's I true. have seen the past one year that I'm here. That's true. And about the visa, is it uh, easier than uh, Europe to get the visa or it was with sponsorship, all this stuff? Uh, see, the visa, I, uh, I, I think uh, the only way to get the visa or 
maybe I'm wrong, but I think the best way is to have uh, a job. So the mm. so so the the employer actually pays your visa, and your visa has the the number of the company. So you okay. cannot easily come to Dubai if you don't have a job. Yeah, but, but uh, what I mean, for example, in UK, mm -hmm. they want people with uh, the British passport or at least mm -hmm. a permanent residency. But the company doesn't want to sponsor you because it's too many paperwork, yes, etc. Yes, but yes. in Dubai, I don't think it's like no, that. No, it's easy. In Dubai, okay. it's easy. It's not that difficult. Okay, so that's you, a good point. Yeah. Yes, yes. Usually, usually the sponsor is the company you work for. And then there is some time needed, for example, one month or some weeks, then you need some documentation, but, but it's relatively easy. It's not that hard. Okay. Okay. Very good to know. So for people who want to, to move aboard, especially if you work in the maritime industry, mm. Dubai, you need to consider this choice because first of all, we have many job opportunities mm. and secondly, the living there is can be a very good expense. Mm. Uh, so thank you for your feedback. Uh, I think I asked you all the questions I need and we did like 40 minutes of uh, talking now. So I think it's the end of the podcast, but if you want, you can add something, a word of the end. Uh, okay, we can make a recap that uh, yeah. be because we are speaking about becoming a ship broker. So, so for me, it's, it's a lifestyle because we said you may have to work outside the working hours or have some meetings or have some travels. And in general, you have to be informed all the time about what is happening in the world and specifically to your market. So if you like doing these things, then you, ha you can be very happy with this job. But if you want a more uh, fixed working, uh, you know, hours with nothing except of this or very structured, you may not find this very good fit for you. Mm. So being a ship broker, I think is you have to like this job. If you ha if you like this job, you can be very good. If you don't like this, maybe you have to do something else. Okay. But uh, for me, is one of the most interesting things, one of the most interesting jo job roles that you can you can do. Glad to hear. Thank you, Tano, for this very inspiring uh, episode. I uh, wish you all the best in Dubai and in your life. And uh, I, of course, uh, I'm sure the audience will like this episode. So thank you. Have a very nice day. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. 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 Thank you for listening and watching this episode. We are looking forward to bring you more inspiring stories from maritime professionals, experts and students. Do not hesitate to leave a review on Apple Podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Your support means a lot to us and it greatly helps in our continuous growth. We committed to bringing you more exciting episodes with passionate guests.